Where the hell did my phone go? You lost your phone now? Oh, shit. All right, no, I'm good. I'm good. It was on the floor. Go for your, it. Your iPhone X? Dude, I don't have an iPhone X. Lies. You <laughs> probably have two. No, One for the house and one to take to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I have three. There's one for the car, one for work, and one for home. See? I believe that. I like it better when you don't lie to me, Michael. Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Does that give you a little hint of what we're talking about and what we're reviewing? Mysterious Mike? Maybe. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Um... I, I I think that was a good lead-in for our uh, our uh, kind of unexpected uh, um, legacy cast due to some scheduling conflicts in uh, my life. Uh, I'm too busy to uh, to visit uh, one of the theaters uh, this weekend. So basically, what Mysterious Mike is trying to say is that he passed out in a gutter again. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday evenings, and could not record or go see a movie because he had been drinking too much. Yeah, something like that. Yep, I knew it. You're an alcoholic. Wait a minute, hold on. You don't go to meetings, you're drunk. Yes. Alright, so, as I uh, was alluding to, I am your host, Matt, the, uh, well, just Matt. And Mysterious Mike, with me as always. Hey, everybody. And we're talking about the movie that launched Kevin Smith's career, Clerks. Yes, Clerks. Uh, Such a great movie. Um, Clerks uh, came out in 1994. Um, It's directed by, uh, you know, Kevin Smith. uh, Starring uh, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes. Jeff Anderson, uh, Brian O'Halloran, uh, Mallory uh, Gigalotti, Lisa Spoonar, uh, Scott Moser. Oh, I said that wrong, huh, man? Moser? Yeah, it's Moser. Sorry, Scott Moser. And then um, this uh, movie is a, a day in the lives of two convenience store clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies, and play hockey on the store roof. Uh, it was also written by Kevin Smith and... Uh, oh, oh, crap. Mike, this is turning out to be some bad pod here. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh... When I click on written by Kevin Smith, and then it, it doesn't... Uh, I screwed up the technologies. Well, it was just written by Kevin Smith <sighs> oh, by himself. I thought, I thought Scott Mosier was in it, too. Sorry. He didn't write it. He just helped edit and shoot it and everything else. Oh, okay. Man. Stars in it. Well, not stars in it, but he's one of the characters in it. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some awkward pauses in there. Awkward pauses? It's called Bad Pod. 
bad pod. We need to work on that, Mike. It's dead air. Except for it's not air. It's dead bites. Oh, yeah. Dead bites. Nobody likes dead bites. Nope. All right. So you got the rundown. What are we talking about next, Michael? Um, I just wanted to talk about how I, I enjoyed this movie when I first when I first watched it. Um, I was told that I needed to see it by a um, my manager at a fast food store uh, who said I embodied the character Randall. So my nickname at uh, this fast food restaurant was Randall for my two summer career there during high school. Dude, so. I totally forgot they called you Randall. And it wasn't Chipotle, the unofficial sponsor of the Real Film Nerds podcast. Chipotle, we keep you regular. <laughs> nice. See, I'm going to get that sponsorship, Mike. I'm going to get it. And we're going to eat free burritos for life. <laughs> yeah, hey, that'd be great. Uh I I love some Chipotle. Uh I don't I don't care about all the stuff that's been going on where they maybe some people are getting sick. I don't care. Dude, seriously, how how did they relate you to Randall? You you're too kind to be Randall. You've always been too kind to be Randall. You're not a dick like me. I don't know, man. That's that's ah, man, I wish I could remember the guy's name. It was my supervisor. At this particular place. It wasn't he, Wyatt Cherry? No. No, it wasn't. Uh, and uh, he was, a, he was a, uh, I guess, a big nerd. Um, and he had, uh, like, all kinds of uh, toys and stuff, like, uh, like someone else I know. And, uh, yeah. Uh, he just always called me Randall. Like, I think almost once I started immediately, he was like, I, for whatever reason, he thought I was Randall. I guess you kind of look like you're Randall because you're blonde. But I mean, dude, like you look like Jesus Christ back then. That's why we nicknamed you JC. Y- yes, I did have a little bit longer hair then. That's that is a true statement. A little bit longer. It was about a foot longer. Is that what she said? Yes, that's what she said. It was a foot longer. All right. Um, (laughs) yeah, uh, so, but I, I just like this movie. I like the conversation. It seemed very real. Like, I mean, yeah, it was really, uh, uh, crude and, um, uh, I don't know, foul language, but, uh, it seemed very real. Like they don't, people don't write movies with as real of conversations as we're in Clerks. I don't feel like. Speaking of that, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into one of my topics on the Legacy Casts. Oh, okay. Uh, now, go Mike, for it. could Clerks be made today? Ooh. Um, no. No. I don't think with the the politically correct world that we're living in. I don't I don't know. It seems like they would they would have a hard time getting everything through. Now, I will argue against that. I think it could be made today. I think it would still definitely be an independent. But they would have to change the store that Randall works at next door. That's also owned by the same owner of the convenience store. They would have to change it from a video rental store to something else. 
And then they also wouldn't be able to close it because when was the last time you set foot inside a convenience store that had an opening or a closing time? That's a good point. That is a good point. So those are two things that right there that I think they would have to figure out and change somehow. Maybe have next door be, I don't know, maybe like uh, uh, one of these vape shops or something. Maybe have Randall run a vape shop instead of a uh, movie store, movie rental house. You know, I don't know. I'm just pulling ideas out of my ass, but... Okay, well, do you think the rating will still be an R, or would they rate it, like, worse? Like, I don't know. I feel like they're so sensitive. Although some movies are still pretty graphic. I think I think it would be in an R. I mean, there's there's not any real hardcore violence. There's not any nudity. It's all just dialogue. And, yes, there's some pretty harsh dialogue in there, but I don't think that would bump the rating up past an R. Okay. Not, in, not in my opinion. All right. All right. So I guess I guess uh, we we disagree on this one. I didn't. I I wouldn't think it could be made. But yeah, you're right. Thinking about the video store, I didn't even think about what is a video store. I mean, is there any parts where they're using phones like to call people? I'm trying to remember. Yes, um, there is a pay oh, yeah. phone inside the convenience store for employees says, only. <laughs> right for employees only, even though it's still a pay phone. For those of you who are under the age of, let's say, 25, that don't know what a payphone is, it is a public telephone that you put money in to make a phone call. I know that's strange. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, did I ever send you that picture? I took a picture of a payphone that was outside the post office in downtown Prescott a few years ago. No. No. Did it still work, dude? Oh, yeah. I put it on Instagram. I was like, I thought these things were extinct. And I I put it up on Instagram, and like two weeks later, it was gone. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, I think the only place I've ever seen uh, payphones, man, I don't I don't know. I, I, I think they're all gone. I would say 99% of them are. There might be some strange places somewhere that might still have them, but even then, I I doubt they would work at all, maybe. They might just be gummed up or jammed or, you know, the good old-fashioned people stealing the handsets. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think huh. it'd be something like that. Wow. Man. It's crazy. It's crazy all how things have changed so much. and in, in... in a very small amount of time. Yeah. In my opinion, it's a small amount of time. I mean, there's only one blockbuster left in the entire country now. Yeah, didn't the ones in Alaska close? So it's in like Ohio, I think. No, it's one of the ones in Alaska. I think that's it's either Alaska or like Oregon or Washington or something. It's in this Pacific Northwest somewhere. Oh, okay. Because even uh, I'm a big fan of a John Oliver show on HBO. And he bought a bunch of memorabilia from Russell Crowe when Russell Crowe had a fire sale at auction trying to raise money for, I think it was most recent divorce or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> and one of the one of the pieces that uh, John Oliver bought was the uh, cod piece from either Robin Hood or Gladiator or something like that. 
and he put it in a glass case and shipped it to the Blockbuster along with a bunch of other Russell Crowe memorabilia to help drive traffic to the Blockbuster. Like, he blatantly gave it to him. Like, he spent thousands and thousands of dollars on all this movie memorabilia and sent it to this Blockbuster. And oh, they that's even cool. shut. Yeah, they even shut their doors. Wow. So, anyways, to get back on topic, uh, that's one thing I really do love about this film is the uh, video rental store. Because, you know, growing up as a kid, we had the big, ugly monster blockbuster. And then we had all the independents, like Movies to Go. And Hastings, I guess you would say, is a big chain, but it wasn't as big as Blockbuster. Yeah, they they targeted, um, like, smaller town communities. So, um they weren't in bigger markets. They they had their like niche, and they that's what they stuck to. But yeah, going inside movies to go was a lot like going inside the movie rental place. Well, no, maybe not movies to go. Movies to go was pretty big, but going inside a couple of the different small mom and pop movie rental places, like they even have movies to rent like at some of the mom and pop gas stations and stuff. You know, and that's a side of culture you just don't see anymore. You really don't see mom and pop kind of businesses like this. It's all heavily dominated by these giant commercial industries like Circle K and Texaco and, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. QT. I remember you used to be able to go to Smith's and you could rent movies at Smith's. Yeah, and play Mortal Kombat. Which, uh, for... For uh, the people on the podcast, Smith's is a grocery store, if, if, if you didn't know. Weren't they like a subsidiary of uh, Kroger, which owns fries, I think? Th- they might be. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I don't even know if they're still around. Or maybe they got um, bought by Kroger or something. I don't know. I, I think there was something with Kroger in there. I don't remember. It's definitely could be the case because Kroger is quite big and does have several... Uh, grocery store brands i think under their their uh purview or control or whatever i don't know corporation hey do you guys have a sprouts out there no what's a sprouts sprouts is a really big well not really big but it's a chain that's kind of competing with uh trader joe's that's based in phoenix and we have two of them now in presco we only had one but now we have two and they're kind of starting to grow across the country i guess there's 300 stores nationwide and i had no idea they had that many stores i saw some piece on the uh, news today they opened a uh, sprouts in downtown phoenix and if you are familiar with downtown phoenix there's hardly any grocery stores if any in downtown phoenix and now there is a sprouts thanks to gentrification But that's all a topic for a whole nother podcast that doesn't involve movies. Oh, so, so okay. So you're saying all the hip people are coming to move downtown now and they're kicking out all the homeless? Dude, prices have skyrocketed in downtown Phoenix. It's crazy. You wouldn't recognize it if you went down there today. You would not recognize it whatsoever. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to check and see if uh, there's any uh, sprouts out here. I'm just curious because I had no idea they were as big as they were. I knew they were based out of Phoenix, but I didn't think they had that many stories. I thought they had maybe 50, maybe 100 tops, you know, in the in the western part of the U.S. But 300, that's impressive for a company that's fairly new. So anyways, back to Clerks. 
Personally, I freaking love this movie. I am a huge fan of Kevin Smith. I feel that Kevin Smith is what you would consider a hardcore nerd that made it. He is so on par with everything that I like and enjoy in this world. He just happens to be in the movie industry, and he brings that to his films, and I love that. He is really big into comic books. He's actually written quite a few comic books, including uh, Batman, Daredevil, Green Arrow. Um, He used to have a show on AMC called Comic Book Men that I watched religiously, and it was canceled fairly recently, but it made it through... Quite a few seasons. It's not still on? I thought it was still on. No, uh, their last season, uh, about two months after their last season, then they announced they were not renewed. And everybody was quite upset. Oh, okay. Fun fun fact of trivia, the owner, I guess not owner, because Kevin Smith technically owns the uh, Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey. It's run by Kevin Smith's really good friend, I'm not sure if they're childhood friends. I want to say they are, but it's pretty much one of Kevin Smith's best friends, if not his super over-the-top best friend kind of thing, is uh, Walt Flanagan. And if you pay attention in Clerks, Walt Flanagan plays either four or five different characters in this film. (laughs) That's awesome. Now, why does he play so many characters in this film? Well, you have to remember that Kevin Smith made this movie pretty much with absolutely no budget whatsoever. So every single one of the actors in the film is his friend or family. And so that's why you see the same actor playing multiple roles is because that's probably one of Kevin Smith's friends or like cousin or brother or uncle or whatever. Wow. I mean, that makes sense, though. When you have no money to make a movie, but you really want to make a movie, and, you know, you've got your friends and family to support you, you're like, hey, guys, want to be in my movie? Yeah, do you want to know what the budget was for Clerks? Yeah, actually, I do. Now, again, remember, this is 1994, so it would be a little different in today's uh, inflation, I guess you would say. It would be a little higher. I don't think it would be drastically, but it was $27,500. Oh, man, he made it for nothing. So basically, he made this movie for a camera. Wow. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. All right, so I, I don't want to ramble on too much because I can go on and on about this film. I love this film. Um, one of my favorite parts, and it has been a throwback in pop culture since this movie was released, was the classic Star Wars discussion that was done inside the quick the quick stop uh, quickie mart store. Of course, you would bring up Star Wars. Of, of course. course, come on! It shows you. I mean, Kevin Smith is a huge Star Wars fan. Huge. Yeah, didn't didn't he make that movie Fanboys? I don't think Kevin Smith made Fanboys, but he might have been involved with it. Uh, Fanboys was uh, actually made by someone else. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry. that's right. 
Fanboys was made by the guy that writes, and I'm not sure if he directs, but he's a major influence on the Goldbergs. Adam Goldberg, uh. who does the Goldbergs TV show, is the one that made Fanboys. And I love Fanboys. I love that movie with a passion. I love that movie. Nice. Anyways. All right. Sorry. So Just keep clerks, distracting you. No, it's cool, man. Clerks. That argument about the contractors being on the Death Star 2 and rebuilding and everything, I mean, that right there has been referenced in pop culture so many times over. Like, the most blatant example that's in my head is when Family Guy did um, their Blue Harvest series. Well, the first one was called Blue Harvest, but their Star Wars remake in Family Guy style and Family Guy jokes. Oh, yeah. In In the third one... Um, they have the Death Star 2 being built and there's contractors all over the place wearing hard hats and flannel and stuff building the Death Star. And I mean, it's a straight up reference to Clerks. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. It's hilarious, you know? Just that one joke, just that one argument has permeated pop culture in a little independent film. It just shows you how big Kevin Smith, you know, got from this one film. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great movie. It was great. But like I said, I, I've all, I really love Kevin Smith. I think he's a, a great guy. I love a lot of his work, but I, I also have a little shame towards him because he's burned a lot of people in the famous sphere that I like as well. He's pissed a lot of people off, which I understand. But honestly, I considered him someone like me or you, Mike. We're, he's just a big giant jork, dork that his job is making movies. Yeah. Yeah. He does seem fairly down to earth, like a normal guy. He's a Mm. lot like uh, Seth green in a way, you know, Seth green is the same way. Seth green is a giant nerd. You know, a lot of people don't know that he is, he is super hardcore when it comes to star Wars. Like he has some original props in his office and stuff. from Star Wars. Yeah. He's done like, really well for himself for not, I mean he's been in some movies and stuff but I feel like he he's made better uh money doing uh other things like the voiceovers and all the um oh what was the show that he did with his toys um oh he still does it to this day robot chicken yeah robot chicken man robot you chicken know he is loves incredible that stuff to do that that's so much work yeah, well, I don't think he does the actual animation because it's not really toys. They make the figures themselves. It's mostly clay and foam and things like that so they can contort them and manipulate them and move them and such. But yeah, Robot Chicken is clearly a a, a project of passion for Seth Green, for sure. Yeah. But needless to say, I think those two guys right there have helped bolster i guess what you call nerd culture into the mainstream today whoa nerd culture even you and i growing up as kids i mean i don't feel like i was ragged on too much for being a nerd i i don't know if you felt that you were ragged on too much but uh, you know nerd was a bad word when we were kids and today it's not like my nephew my um middle nephew michael Congratulations, by the way, Michael, for your uh, first day at NAU. 
I hope school goes well. Oh, when was that? Today? No, he moved up on Monday. Oh, okay. School doesn't officially start, I think, for another week, but he's there for band camp. Nice. So, anyways, Michael has fully embraced being a nerd, and he's never turned a blind eye to it. He's never been ashamed of it, nothing. And so it just shows you, like, you know, back when you and I were in middle school and high school, we probably never would have called ourselves nerds in public. Yeah, no, you're right. It was uh, definitely frowned upon as a group or a cultural thing, yeah. And now, one of the biggest freaking things out there is San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, movie celebrities are fighting to be in San Diego Comic-Con. So I think Kevin Smith, there's a lot of things that have gone along with it, but I think Kevin Smith, Seth Seth Green, um, Seth MacFarlane, all these guys that are hardcore nerds that are just passionate about, you know, uh, pop culture and movies and Star Wars and playing games and whatever has really just kind of transformed the nerd culture into the mainstream to be not something to be ashamed of, but something to be proud of. Yeah. And what about uh, even uh, this, the, the show uh, Big Bang Theory or oh, whatever? Oh, yeah. Big Bang I mean, Theory, huge, man. Huge influence. I mean, they're, what, getting ready to start their 12th season and rumored final season? Yeah. Sure, it helps that they have a smoking hot blonde on it, but still, that that show has, you know helped a lot bring that nerd culture mainstream and had people accept it because that's so that show is so smart and witty and fun yeah yeah and same with goldberg's goldberg's is another one you know you wouldn't see stuff like that in the 90s no no you wouldn't all right mike i know this is very difficult for you especially with an independent film like this that is so kind of tight niched but let's uh, let's try it anyways. Mike, how does Clerks relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, this wasn't a good one, so I'm not going to say thanks for asking. Um, so in a super far stretch, like really stretch, like stretch Armstrong stretch, uh, wow, that was a nice '90s pop culture reference. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're really stretching this one. And Kevin Smith was in Daredevil, the the 2003 version with um, Ben Affleck and uh, a bunch of other people. But uh, and that is a Marvel property. But it was before they had created the. MCU stuff, so that's really the best we could do. We, uh, yeah, like, like like we said earlier, this movie was made with like a bunch of family and friends, and due to that, uh, they've really only worked either just exclusively with Kevin Smith or just on this one movie. So, well, I'm just surprised that Kevin Smith hasn't been more involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But my own personal thoughts and feelings and theory on that is that Kevin Smith has kind of been asked and has obliged the DC universe. He has written and directed a lot of the different DC universe 
TV shows. Now, not the full shows, but individual episodes. Like, uh, he did some stuff for, I think, Green Arrow, and he did some stuff for Supergirl. So I wonder if it's Marvel being like, well, you're already with DC. And, you know, because that is still, to this day, a super huge, huge thing in the comic world is DC versus Marvel. Like, yeah, Matt, you, the, don't, you don't cross the streams, man. Not, not today, no. Back in the 80s, 70s, uh, maybe even a little bit in the 90s, the Marvel and DC universes would sometimes collaborate on crossover events. And you have not seen that in a very long time. Now, I'm not going to go into the politics of why, because there's a lot of guesses and I have mine, people have theirs on why they don't collaborate together anymore. But I think that might be a major factor as why Kevin Smith hasn't been asked to do anything in the MCU. Even a cameo. Yeah, you that's know? true. Maybe, maybe that is the reason that they're like, hey, you've kind of chose your side. That's cool. But we're not going to invite you to do anything with us. But then on the flippity flop, I like that term. That's fun. He uh, he has worked on comic books like Batman 66, which is DC, and Daredevil, which is Marvel, and Green Arrow, which is DC. And, you know, he's so he's worked in both worlds, but it's not like he's done like a major, massive, huge run. He usually just does some writing for a few books and things. So, yeah. And it, it, did has he worked with, um, I mean, the owner of of Marvel with. Uh, oh, some Stan of the star, w- no, with the, the some of the Star Wars uh, things, because hasn't he's done some stuff with Star Wars? It looks. I think like. he's done some stuff with Star Wars. Um, I know he's done stuff in uh, what episode seven? I think he voiced a couple of the stormtroopers or something. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, he's because he's a hardcore Star Wars guy, as you could tell with the Star Wars reference in Clerks, his pretty much first movie ever. He's real big into Star Wars, so I think um, he for sure was asked to do stuff, you know, the voice of the stormtroopers and things. I mean, where else would you stick him? I guess you could do something like uh, Simon Pegg, where he played that one uh, character in Force Awakens. Right, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there were big names that were playing Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, uh, First Order uh, Stormtroopers in Episode 7 and Episode 8. I mean, real big name guys that did the voices for him or were just in the outfits and you'd never even heard their voice. Yeah. Yeah. Who who was one of the guys who did that? Was uh, the who was in the outfit and just kind of walked by the scene? Well, there's there was a there's a bunch of people that did that. But the biggest one out of all of them was uh, Daniel Craig. Ah, uh, yes, that's who it was. I was trying to think of who it was. In Force Awakens, Daniel Craig is the stormtrooper that Rey manipulates into opening the uh, door for her. Nice, nice. But like, um, oh, what's his name now? See, I'm getting ready to make a point and I forget the guy's freaking name. Uh, uh, the actor, uh, Tom, uh, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. I think that's yeah, the name. The guy Tom that's playing Hardy. Venom. Yeah. Tom Hardy actually plays a stormtrooper in, I believe, episode eight. Nice, nice. Now, you never hear him and you never see him, but one of the stormtroopers that's running around is Tom Hardy. <laughs> nice. He just wanted a day off. Wanted a day in the life of a trooper. I believe he actually had a speaking part, 
but that scene was cut, if I remember right. It was one of the deleted scenes. Oh, man. Because there, yes, it was. I'm now remembering. There was a deleted scene where, if you remember in episode eight, Finn is trying to sneak in to the uh, Snoke's big uh, ship. And they're trying to get control of, you know, that hyperdrive and turn that cloaking and all that shit off. Yeah. Do you remember? Yes. Well, there's a scene that was cut out of that where he's in the elevator and there's a bunch of stormtroopers behind him. And one of the stormtroopers recognizes him as a stormtrooper as well. Because Finn was a stormtrooper. And uh. he's like, and, he, and Finn's like freaking out. Like you could tell he's getting ready to lose his shit. And he said, yeah, no, no, I was promoted to an officer and all this stuff. And the stormtrooper that's asking him all the questions and things was Tom Hardy. Nice, nice. And so he kind of, you know, lets it roll by and says, you know, no, no, I got promoted and all this other stuff as he's like putting his hand on his pistol. It's pretty funny. Nice. All right, Mike, I can talk about Star Wars all freaking day and I probably shouldn't. So we're talking about clerks. We're talking about clerks. We are talking about clerks. So, Matt, I, I mean, I'm confident that you're going to have a fairly high rating on this. What, wh- how many reels do you give clerks? Of course I have a high rating of clerks. I love clerks. Clerks, don't get me wrong. Again, I'm, I'm, I, I always talk about being, like, I'm too nice to movies, but I seem to find things wrong even in the movies that I love. And there are problems with Clerks, as you alluded to at the beginning. The acting in Clerks is rough, man. It's real rough. Even the two main actors um, that play uh, Dante and Randall, uh, you know, uh, Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson. I mean, it's just, it's rough, dude. It's rough. And that's what happens when you get your friends and family to act in a movie and not professional actors. The cinematography wasn't anything special. It wasn't bad. With what he had, it wasn't bad. He did a pretty solid job. The directing was good. But it's, you know, it was nothing special. But what really makes Clerks is the story. Is the dialogue. That's what this movie just excels at. And... You know, that's probably the biggest factor in rating the films for me is the story and the dialogue. There's a lot more to it, but that's one of the biggest factors for me. So I give it four and a half reels out of five. Wow. Wow. Nice. Nice. So uh, I agree with just about everything you said. Um. I enjoyed the conversation, uh, the the story quite a bit. I, I just enjoyed the the um, banter between the the characters, like when Randall just come in to to the convenience store and just start talking about stuff. Like I I enjoyed that a lot. And then uh, this is your well, first it's... introduction into the Jay and Silent Bob, but I mean they're not in it all the time. But you you kind of you kind of see see it and then you know there's been quite a few other movies that there the, the characters reappear but yeah i just uh i, I really uh i enjoyed this movie and and you're right with the the shoestring budget the acting is not as you know good as it 
could have been. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit, and I'm going to give this four reels. Wow, only four. You give Jaws five. I love Jaws. You know, if there was a shark in here, you would have given it a five, wouldn't you? Yeah, like if we could just merge the Meg and uh, Clerks. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Have Jason Statham play Dante? <laughs> yeah, yeah, have Jason Statham play Dante. Yes, that'd be awesome. Who would be Randall? Oh, dude. That Oh, it would have to be Dwight. Rain Wilson. If we're going oh. after if we're going off the cast of the Meg, it would be Rain Wilson. Okay. I mean, can you imagine seeing him say, I'm not even supposed to be here today? It would probably be like something all serious and action-y. Yeah. I am not even supposed to be here today. You know? <laughs> yeah. But but British. <laughs> but British, yeah. I I can't do a British accent, sorry. Yeah, well, we'll just we'll just ask Siri or somebody to do it. Shh, it's Alexa, and she's listening. She's always listening. Oh yeah, she is. All right, so Mike, I oh, I love this movie. I mean, seriously, the dialogue. I didn't want to interrupt you. I almost did a little bit when you were talking, but the the dialogue is just so smart and so witty, and just yeah, it's crude and it's rude. But when they're actually talking. It's a smart, poignant conversation. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of some of that raw, awesome dialogue that we got from uh, some of Quentin Tarantino's uh, early movies. Oh, dude, and that's what one of the things that makes Quentin Tarantino's films so good, other than the cinematography and the directing and the acting. I mean, shit, he's just, he's the complete package. But it's, his dialogue is extremely smart. Yeah. So, well, I have to make this shout out. Don't worry, Doug. We will get to mall rats. I know you want me to do mall rats. Mike and I will discuss mall rats in a future legacy cast. So calm down. We'll get there. We just felt that Clerks probably should have been the first one in the Kevin Smith line of films. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed mall rats. That's the one that has, um, what's her, 90210 girl, right? Shannon Dory? Yep. And Ben Affleck, and Michael Rooker. Okay, all right. Yep. I haven't seen it in a while, uh, but I have seen it. It was good. I I I'm look forward to reviewing it in a another Legacy cast. I I love Mallrats, man, and they've been talking about either doing a Mallrats sequel or doing a reboot of both Mallrats and Jay and Silent Bob. Now, not Jay and Silent Bob's movie. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but rebooting the whole kind of universe and characters and having someone other than Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes play Jay and Silent Bob so they can kind of kind of restart this whole, you know, Jay and Silent Bob kind of universe, I guess you would say, of films again. Oh, okay. But I don't know if that's rumors or if they're actually doing it or they're in production or if they're shooting or what. But I know there are plans for more future films because I think Kevin Smith, especially with his recent brush with death, is really getting the writing and directing bug back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had a heart 
problems, right? I don't heart he attack. He had a massive, massive heart heart attack that almost killed him. It was the uh, same um, artery that his father that took his father. His father had a massive heart attack in the artery that's called what the widowmaker or something. It's one of the big arteries yeah, no, that goes no, to your yeah. heart. Yeah, yeah. There is a one. I don't know which one it is. I'm not sure. Ventricle or whatever. But uh, yeah, there's one that they call the Widowmaker because if if it goes, you go. Right, and that is what took his father, and that is the exact same kind of heart attack that Kevin Smith had, and it scared him to death, and he lost like 50 pounds, like practically overnight because of it. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I guess that's uh, as good a motivation as any. Yeah, being laid up in a hospital for a few weeks would do that. So, don't worry, Doug, we will get to it for you. We will get to multiple Kevin Smith movies. Ooh, speaking of Kevin Smith movies, now we're probably a little early on this, but I'm going to tease it anyways. It's only August. Mike, do you want to talk about it since it's kind of, I came up with the idea, but it's kind of going to be your thing? Of what we're doing in October. Yeah, in in October we plan to do no, nothing but uh, horror uh, movies or 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 Halloween themed type movies, and we are looking forward to reviewing uh, Kevin Smith's horror movie. Uh, what was it called, Matt Fang? Tusk. Tusk. The hot garbage. If the, for those of you that have seen it, known as Tusk. It's rough, dude. It's rough. I won't lie. It's a rough one. It's an odd one. I, I look forward to watching it. Um, sometimes I like a lot of these kind of bad or or somewhat campy um, horror movies. Uh, but uh, we'll see about this one. Matt, you said it's just, it's just bad. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. You'll get a kick out of it. It's bad fun. It's bad fun. It really well, I, is. I look forward to it. So the goal for October, as Mike said, is basically if we don't do a new movie, we're going to do a horror or Halloween themed movie for the entire month. Now, we're still going to do the new releases because there's some big releases coming out in October unless they get pushed back. Yeah. The one right off the top of my head is Venom. Like, we have to do Venom the week it comes out because that movie's going to probably be a giant hot steaming pile of shit. And I am a huge fan of Venom. Again, my nephew Michael, that's his favorite. Oh, okay. We gotta we're gonna have to do Venom because how the hell do you have Venom without Spider-Man? Well, uh, you know, the we're about to find out. Yeah, we'll find out in October. So that's one. There's a couple others, but that's the biggest one is Venom for October. So yeah. don't fret, okay. we're not skipping those. Alright, well, Mike, I think uh I think that's all I got. You know, uh, if you haven't seen Clerks by now and you're listening to this podcast, shame on you. You need to go watch Clerks right now. It is available on Netflix. Stop the podcast and go freaking watch Clerks. Unless you're at work. Unless you're at work or driving. That probably wouldn't be good to do when you're driving. Well, I mean... Most people aren't really driving anyway. It's mostly just cell phone and then a little bit of looking up. Texting and then making sure you're not running into the person in front of you. Well, that 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 second thing doesn't happen as much. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. 
Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie.